Hi guys, I'm your host Camila and welcome to our podcast Conversando, where we're tuning up the volume on our community's voices. Join us for lively chats with a colorful mix of guests from Latinitas insiders and achievers to everyday Latinos with extraordinary tales, because here it's all about the chat. Welcome to season two of Conversando, and here to kick it off is Latinita's very own newly official executive director, Gabriela Kane Guardia. This episode was such a treat to record. I feel like every time I speak to Gabby, I find out some new stuff, and today was no exception. We talked all about her journey through Latinita's into this exciting role, how her background in STEM really played a big part in inspiring her to get involved with Latinita's, and even answer some silly questions along the way. Enjoy! So today we are talking to our new executive director, Gabriela Cain-Cuardia. Hi, Gabby. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing really well. Thank you. I'm, I'm energized this week. I had a great chat yesterday with other new executive directors, so I'm feeling really lucky to have a, a lot of support in this new role. Yay. Okay. So we want to use this episode as a way to introduce you to the audience, your story. They may have heard from you before, but not as our executive director. So... Let's start with the basics. When did you first learn about Latinitas and how did you start getting involved? Yeah, so it was early 2021 when I first heard about Latinitas. I was in a program at the time called Emerging Art Leaders, and I had a mentor through that program. Shout out to Shalia Fox, my amazing mentor. She got to know me and my interest, and she said, you have to participate and learn about Latinitas. And I was like, oh, what is that? And so um, she introduced me to the organization, and I started volunteering on the fundraising committee. At the time, Latinitas was commissioning a series of mosaic portraits. They were recognizing these amazing women of color who pioneered equity in Austin. And so I was able to use my arts admin skills to help be a liaison between the organization and the artists that were working on these mosaics. I was so cool. I got to work with Jay Musax and Carmen Rangel, who co-founded the Mosaic Workshop. And I was just so excited to be volunteering and, and helping out. And so I just I just stayed involved and continued volunteering on, on the fundraising committee for some time. And I, I ended up getting my youngest sister involved in the programs. This was COVID era, right? So a lot of those programs were online. And um, I introduced her to Club Latinitas, which was after school program. And, you know, at first she was a little hesitant. You know, it's she spends all day on Zoom for school and then she's going to stay another few hours for club. And I said, just try it out. It'll be worth it. And getting to hear about her personal experience and how much she enjoyed making friends and practicing her Spanish in club. I was like, I have to stay involved with this organization. I got to see her confidence blossom. And it was just, it was really amazing to to witness her grow through through the programs too. It's amazing. It's it's so cool to have someone that's now like our executive director who's literally not only you know, worked in nonprofit work, but also just literally had your sister do this because you cared that much about our mission. It's just really inspiring. So a bit of information about you. You initially went to school for mechanical engineering before switching over to international studies and Spanish. Can you tell us a bit about that journey and where your interest in mechanical engineering stemmed from? It's a really dumb pun. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and why you ultimately ended up switching. Yeah. So it's interesting. My father was an engineer. And so at home, he was our mechanic. I always saw him working on cars. He also liked watching NASCAR. And so um, I was, you know, I guess by my, my upbringing, I was interested in car design and I thought I could go into automotive manufacturing. 
And when I was a senior in high school, there was a pilot program from the University of Texas to introduce high schoolers to engineering curriculum. So I took this very introductory engineering course my senior year and I was like, yes, I can do this. I loved it. A very hands-on approach to engineering. And so I applied to Texas A&M and I, and I, I just kind of followed my other friends who were going to pursue engineering too at the time. It was the cool thing to do. And I show up at A&M my first day to register for classes. And there was the counselor who was supposed to help me register for my courses. It was a woman. And I, she said, hey, what, what major do you want to pursue? And I said, mechanical engineering. And she kind of her demeanor changed. She said, well, it's a very hard degree and not many people like you finish. And I was just in shock. And that really set the tone for my first few semesters. Like you? Yeah. What does she mean people by like people you? like me? And I was wow. young and naive and I, I didn't really take it to heart too much, but I guess it, it kind of set the tone. I didn't feel supported. Um, I didn't see a lot of people who look like me in the program. Ultimately, it was a lot of men. Um, and so I, I just, I didn't do well my first few semesters. I didn't feel, you know, encouraged. And so I, I talked to my counselors again and I switched into liberal arts and I found a really great home where the professors and other students look like me. I could identify more with the environment and the curriculum. And so ended up being a really rewarding experience to, to find a home in the liberal arts department, but certainly not what I anticipated going into school. <laughs> wow. That's really crazy. That's, I mean, that's a very unfortunate thing, but it also brought you to where you are today. So you kind of have to like take the pros and the cons, I guess. But it's nice to have something like Latinitas where we're trying to encourage women so they have that encouragement and don't go in and then just feel that weight. So comparing your initial introduction to STEM to your young sisters, what were some skills your sister had taken from Latinitas that you wish you'd received at a younger age? I was so impressed by her understanding of coding. Having the basic fundamental of coding language is something I, I so wish I had growing up. It's amazing to see that students are learning that even in very early elementary school now, the the foundation of coding. And so I think it's something that's going to be transformative for the future, having a generation that's coming up knowing coding, like, you know, like they're speaking English. And so um, I, I just am so impressed by those skills that she's able to carry with her. Okay. I know you mentioned your father, but outside of that, have the arts specifically and STEM always been of interest to you? Because I know now you're a very like artistic person. There's art behind you right there. Like when did that interest in art specifically stem from? So growing up, I, I was really lucky to go and participate in many cultural events around my town. And my mom used to take me to museums growing up, the Dallas Museum of Art, the Kimball Museum of Fine Art, and then as well as science museums and museums of natural history. So all these experiences of culture were really formative in my very early childhood. And I never take it for granted that my mother really introduced to me a love of arts and culture. And of course, when I got to travel back home and visit my family in Panama and Mexico, we always engaged with arts and culture. And I was fascinated by the work, especially the, the traditional art, folk and traditional arts of those countries. And so it was always kind of part of my upbringing. And I always kind of understood that there was an overlap and an intersection between science and technology and the arts. And so it wasn't until I got to college that I realized the arts were such a big part of my life. And I was so lucky that I got to go and pursue 
a career in arts administration in my early career because I just, I realized that it was such a formative part of my whole life. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's incredible. So as you know, here at Latanitas, we like to teach our students STEAM, which is STEM and the arts. To someone who's never heard of STEAM before, and as you've basically just described, your love, your love of art, your love of STEM throughout your career and lifetime, as someone who had an interest in both, how do you say they work together in the technology industry? STEAM is the future. I think integrating arts and humanities and creativity and your own culture into the STEM field is the best way to one, to learn it and the best way to execute it in the industry. Uh, STEAM is a way more equitable approach to education that students can you know, feel confident when they're learning hard topics, they get to explore them in a creative space, maybe through an arts project. And so for me, I think STEAM is such an important educational model. It allows for creative problem solving, critical thinking skills that our students are really going to need in this 21st century workforce. I always say, we don't know what the jobs of the future are going to be, but if our students are creative, they're going to be successful in any industry. And Having a proficiency in the arts right now is going to be really especially important to engineers and computer scientists as well. More and more, we're seeing that programmers and engineers are being teamed up to work with artists to develop the software together, to create products that are better and have better you know, user interface experiences. And so um, that overlap of steam, I think, is just a movement. You know, it's, it's moving full steam ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. But yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, now the job industry requires you to not just be like, not just have your technical skill, but also be adaptable, be adaptable to creativity. And like now with social media, so many people are utilizing that and you have to be creative for that as well. And that works directly with technology. So it's just, they just go so hand in hand. So knowing your journey, knowing the volunteering, getting your sister involved, starting at A&M and everything with the counselor, how does it feel to be officially the executive director of Latinitas and to be like one of the people trying to inspire young women to get into STEM and STEAM and everything. It's so rewarding. It is an immensely rewarding experience. I feel so lucky. Some days I'll be driving to work and I feel like I was just born for this. I was just made to be here. And it just aligns so well with my passion, my experiences, and then you know, I'm one of four daughters. So girls empowerment, women empowerment is especially important in my family. And so I want to make sure my sisters know that they are capable of pursuing any career that they want to and that they don't let someone like a school counselor discourage them in any way. And so I'm immensely grateful, you know, to be here at Latinitas. And I, I just have to shout out to my younger sister who did graduate as a chemical engineer. That's what it's about. She inspires me every day, really. And so I'm just, I'm so proud of, you know, that to be a part of my family that's been so supportive and to contribute to a community that is going to, you know, continue to grow this mission of, of letting girls know that they can pursue their dreams. So excited. I'm just so excited for everything. Oh my God, I'm going to cry now. Okay. <laughs> now that you are in this position, what can we look forward to from Latinitas? What are some of the things we can expect in this new era? I'm really banking on this theme of building an ecosystem for Latina prosperity. However that looks, I want us to be a part of that. And that may change, right? We're going to have to be dynamic. Uh, the workforce is going to change. Majors and degrees are going to change. And so I think it's really fun that we have an opportunity to stay creative and stay evolving as an organization. 
I'm really looking forward to helping not only our students, but also their families make sure that they have the resources that they need to support their students. I'm really excited about the affordable connectivity program right now, making sure families have affordable internet, digital devices, and the skills to use them. Those are just, you know, really important aspects of supporting the whole ecosystem for a student's success. I'm also really excited for us to start working on our theory of change. Let's define our pedagogy. How do we really teach bilingual STEAM education? And how are we going to reach more students with this framework? There's such a need for more bilingual education, not just throughout Texas, but a lot of other places across across the nation. So I want to make sure that we have a really strong framework that we can use to help reach more students. Ah, I'm so excited. And everyone listening should be very, very excited as well. But now I'm going to move on to some more fun questions. You know, enough of like the serious vibes, although kind of serious. Um, but as someone who is such a leader in our community, who are some of the mentors you had growing up? I think one of my very first mentors was certainly my basketball coach, Coach Man. He was a force to be reckoned with in my community, and I learned from him what it takes to run a nonprofit, what it means to work with at-risk youth, and what it means to just be super inclusive and supportive of someone. He saw a lot of potential in me, and he invested a lot of time in, in growing me, not just as a basketball player, but also as a as a participant in my community. And so I'm, I'm really always grateful to Coach Mann for giving me that foundation really young in my life. Um, I've been really lucky to have a lot of other mentors too in my professional career. I would say Anne Graham from Texans for the Arts really invested in me early on. And Shalia Fox, who's now at the Thinkery, is also really one of my cherished mentors. And so I've been really fortunate to have so many people who cheer me on, support me, or are there for me whenever I need them. Every time we talk, I learn something new about you. How long did you do basketball? Yes, I played basketball like a decade or more in my in my early years. And um, yeah, I played varsity at my high school. It was a really, really big oh part of my life. I attribute a lot of my leadership skills, I think, to growing up playing on the court and being able to you know, lead a team. And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, those skills are really transferable from sports to, you know, to organizational leadership. Yeah, no, they super are. That's that's amazing. That makes so much sense. You're very tall. That makes sense. <laughs> that's <Yes>. really cool. <laughs> so if you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh my goodness, a superpower. I would love to read minds. Oh my goodness. I spend so, too much time worrying what people are thinking. I would just love to know. <laughs> oh, that seems scary though. I feel like you would, I feel like then you'd be sad. Like if they're thinking something bad, like what do you do? Oh. I use it. I use it to better the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to freeze time. I think that would be cool. You could just like really? take naps in the freezing time. Yeah. When I was in high school, I used to fantasize about it all the time. Just freezing time in the morning and sleeping and then oh. going back. <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. I could use more time. <laughs> Literally. I think it's a good time. So as an art lover, what are some of your favorite art or who are some of your favorite artists right now? Whether that's musical or like physical art, whatever. Hmm. So I gravitate towards visual art and I'm going to go with some local artists right now who I think are doing great projects. One is Gabriel Portillo. His artist name is Paste. Um, check him out on Instagram. Really great uh, visual artist. And another one, Felipe Gomez is a Colombian multimedia artist. He makes amazing um, wood productions that are just, they're fantastic. They're so detailed and so layered and um Really appreciate the creativity that they're bringing to the local art scene. Do you still create art? 
And if so, like what's your medium? Yeah. So um, photography is one of my favorite mediums. Fun fact, my, both of my parents met in photography class. So it's definitely core to our family. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Wow. That's amazing. I took a photography class. I was not that great, but that's, that's a hard skill to me. That's very impressive. Um, okay. And lastly, what is a piece of advice that you've learned that you would like to pass on? There was a mentor of mine who told me to find beauty in the broken. And that has always resonated with me when you're at a low place and you don't know where to go from there. Trying to find beauty in the broken is really something that gives me the strength to power on. Try to see, you know, the silver lining, something positive out of all of your obstacles. I think that's a piece of advice that I, I hope other people could carry that's on. That's beautiful. And, and thank you so much for talking with us. I like, thank you so much for getting to know us better. If you have any parting words or anything, but you can always find Gabby at Latinitas, being our executive director. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited. Thank you, Camila. It's so fun to be a part of this podcast and to be a part of this Latinitas family. I'm just just so overwhelmingly grateful for, for all of the love and support. It's been such a fun transition to this role and I'm so excited for the rest of 2024. And that concludes the first episode of season two of Conversando. I want to give a big thank you to our executive director, Gabriela Kane Guardia, for being just an amazing person. I'm so excited to see what's in store for our organization. And on the Conversando side, keep a lookout because season two is going to be bigger and better than ever with exciting interviews with comedians, community changers, and even fame musicians. So make sure to keep on listening. And as always, I hope to see you on the next episode. Until the next Conversando, adios.